Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM network and you are joined by Danuta and welcome back, Lawson. We missed you yesterday. Yes, of course you missed me because yeah, I'm just such a <laughs> valuable addition to the show. No, you are, you uh, are. Don't, no, but just I mean, don't, don't blow your here. own horn. I love being here. I love being here on the show, of course. I was away yesterday as a part of my theology class. I'm doing a class at the moment. It's called Faith and Belief in Australasia. Yeah. And we're observing and examining the different faiths that people have. And so yesterday that took us to a, a, a mosque and... And it took mm-hmm. us to a Buddhist temple down in Sydney. And we went down there and checked it out and had conversations with the leaders there. And they told us about, you know, how their, their temple functions and what they believe in and, you know, how they interact with people and whatnot. It was, mm. it was really... Did you find it fascinating? It was very fascinating. Yeah. Especially the stark contrast. We started with the Buddhist temple. Mm-hmm. And you go in there and there's all these gold statues and the Buddhas and everything. And, and it kind of functioned a little bit more like like a bit of a touristy destination that kind of thing like mm. where like there were people working in there but it was and, and there there's services that they hold and whatnot but it's just kind of anyone comes in and comes out at any time right um and, and they pray and whatnot and then take off whereas the mosque it also has that because there's a call to prayer five yes, times a day yeah, that's right but then they would have like a bible study or bible quran study like yes. every evening and then a service every friday like it, it kind of functioned a bit more like a church. With, a, with a bit more structure. That's right. Mm-hmm. And then also, obviously, like the Buddhist temple is full of idols, like yes. just chock-a-block with like yeah. statues and all this stuff, whereas the, the mosque is just like empty base it's got all writing along the wall like all quran verses and whatnot but it's just like it's just empty there's no seats or anything yeah. it's just a big carpet so floor. you gotta sit on the floor don't you really? has, and it was it was fascinating and got yeah, to eat some good food down there as well so yeah it was a re- really good time good stuff and coming up on our show today we have our interview with rod bailey looking at nutrient density mm. in our new segment we're actually gonna yeah unpack some stuff about infidelity we're actually also going to look about beaver projects in the usa and in our Bible study, we're going to Ephesians, how the church wages peace, and especially going to unpack about the shield, helmet, and the sword. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Solara is one of my favourite, favourite um, song groups. Are, are they yours? I was listening no, to them on the way here this like, morning. I, yeah, they're fantastic. I, uh, like, I think Solara's amazing. It's not my favourite, though, but Who I mean, I favorite? love that song. Oh. My favourite is... Ooh, it's 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 a battle in terms of, if we're talking groups right. we're talking groups uh i would say it's a battle between eclipse 6 is one of them and then the other one is is vocal point oh, okay. both of them are a cappella groups mm. i i like uh, just Acapella's love a cappella so much but yeah both of them have songs that have brought me to tears wow like, which is it which isn't Aye. super rare i mean i cry a lot <laughs> like, I, like i watch i watch movies and i'm i'm always in tears like particularly oh. you know there's a few themes that and we've talked about this on the breakfast show before there's a, softy, there's, a, there's a few themes that just get me where right. i'm just like it just really touches my heart and yeah there's there's a few songs that those guys have mm-hmm. where it's like oh man there's this one song like i stand all amazed and it's just about like the love that god has for us what he's done for us i'm like oh man i'm bawling my eyes oh, out like yeah, yeah. Dude, same it's it, that's that one's yeah i stand all amazed it's like the, it, which is a famous hymn it's just there's a vocal point version of that wow the, oh touching stuff oh, hey wow. give it i want to give a shout out this morning to dungog 
Yo. In New South Wales, right up the road from where we are here in Curry Shout out Dungog listening on 87.6. If you're from Dungog or you've been to Dungog, oi, let us know. Give us a text message. And also. That's a beautiful area. It is. Um, and they've got the waterfall way there and the waterfalls and yeah. stuff. And like when it rains and pours with rain and afterwards, the waterfalls are just like massive. Eh? Yeah, absolutely. So fresh air. Where we are here, you know, we're just, we're in the Hunter Valley, mm. you know, just up the road from like the wine country and whatnot. It's just fantastic if we're talking about like non-coastal areas of australia this is among in my opinion some of the most beautiful absolutely but hey absolutely. what's our first quiz question for today we need our quiz, quiz question, question today. here we go in the bible it says that before there was anything there was who or what oh that's so cool if you know the answer to that one well hey zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to text again in the bible it says that before there was anything there was what zero four nine one zero six four six six nine that is the number to text this morning if you know the answer to that one and our prize for this week is the amazing we've got two things that we're giving away the great prophetic books of daniel and revelation which is a bible study journal that you can work your way through and write commentary of you know the things that we, we just want to enable you to study the bible for yourself mm. you know you read through daniel and revelation these two fantastic amazing prophetic books and you can write notes about them through this journal and then the other book we have here is the bible the bible Bible with mark the most popular book in the world yes the the bestseller bestseller of all time it has romance it has drama it has wars it has has like loads and loads and loads of stuff that it also teaches you how to get to heaven it does. You know, it's just like you know, we talk about self help or cookbooks or whatever it may be. Well, we've got the best one here. We're well, I love the you. fact that it's got God's rescue plan in there, hey, because mm. God created a perfect world, perfect human beings, never intended for sin and e- sin to enter the world, never intended for mm. good, you know, for evil to be in the world, and so you know, the fact that you know, when sin came in, there's all this beautiful love of God all the way through the Bible, and you've got the rescue plan all the way through, mm. right to the very end of the Bible. Hey, so mm. again, that question was in the Bible. It says that before there was anything, there was who or what. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Denuda, this morning, where are we going in in the? Space of good news. Oh, okay. So we've got about beaver projects in the USA. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Do beavers, you beavers love them? Oh, yeah. I think they're cute. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. They're cute. And they're very, like, like very smart. Very and smart. And they build dams, which is oh, really cool. And, like, so you're going right onto it. Yeah, is, is, it. That, is that what this is all about? It is all about that. Hey, mm. so they're actually finding, um, of course, scientists are actually finding that beaver damming is actually valuable for ecosystems. So in other words, they're yeah. making dams and they're actually finding that be- be- the beavers, of course, benefit the land overall. So the interesting thing is that here, in this is an interesting space because NASA is actually also involved where NASA actually is typically to do with space travel, yeah, isn't that? Yeah. And so here, NASA is actually uh-huh. uh, working with satellite data in actually working mm-hmm. together with the ranchers in, in Idaho. Now, ranches, of course, are what we would call here large farms, right? So, mm-hmm. a, 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 sorry, a ranch, yeah. ranch. Is that how it says? Text, text us. Tell it. Tell us, Shell. You're ranch. the American. Ranch. It's ranch. 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 
My husband always has a I go mean, at me how I say some things because I'm from I South would, Australia. I would say ranch. I say, yeah, like ranch dressing. Thank you. Because yeah. no, I like say. Like ranch dressing. No, like it's ranch. It's an American no, dressing. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I just want to say, so, say something here. My husband and I have these disputes about whether I say grant because I say grant because it's not grant, it's grant. No, and it's I grant. say, no, it's grant. No, agree, Thank you. Yeah. See, so I'm South Australian. Yeah. New South Wales people typically, though, say grant. Yeah, yeah. It's right, because don't they? I'd, I'd say grant too. Yeah. See? On an American way. See, but yeah. we all know it's the same thing. Yeah. So here we're talking about a ranch, which is really a ranch. Yeah, which yeah. is. But, but you know what? <laughs> anyway, like, we need to go on to the story. So, so they're, in these, they're in these ranches, these so, ranches. The, the, ran, the ranches, so the equivalent yeah. of our farmers, right? Yeah, yeah, they're actually yeah. working together with NASA with these satellite data. <laughs> wow. And the, the purpose is to actually monitor the beaver projects in small rivers, streams, and water waterbeds. Um, and so what are they doing? They're actually adding remote sensing data to tools that can actually track and monitor the activities of the beavers. That's um, awesome. Yeah, isn't that fabulous? And they can actually track the local location of the dams even and how much water is actually being dispersed so like three things mm-hmm. you know the activities of the beaver the location of the dams and how the water is actually then being dispersed around the area now here's the thing is a fellow by the surname of brant 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 i'm gonna go with ne- brant this time ne- ne- <laughs> <laughs> human who's a human environment researcher at the university of idaho is actually leading a team of nasa's earth observation data and he's actually assessing the impact of these beavers on the ecosystems within the lo- local area. Now, it's a, and you're probably wondering how is it being funded. It's actually being funded by the Ecological Conservation Program. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, NASA have got the, what's this called this this Earth observing, you know, missions. Um, you know, using these satellite satellite data, and they collect the data right across large areas of the world. But in this space, particularly in this local area, they're actually looking at two particular areas. But here's mm. the interesting thing. When you actually look back on the history a bit of, you know, beavers and the the um, impact, well, well, what happened with beavers, like back in the 19th century, mm. they actually had fur trapping industries, Okay, mm-hmm. so you know how, like, even in the movies, you see the these these fur hats and those big fur coats, yeah, and and, and you know the big gentleman's coats and the gloves and stuff, and mm. you know, so they were the beaver days when they actually used the beaver fur for these sorts of things. Mm. Okay, and so, but anyway, so that's where it's kind of started, where the whole interest in beavers has happened. But now, of course, this is looking at the whole ecosystems, and particularly on the prairies. So we know the prairies tend to be like pretty, really flat. Did you ever? Mm. No, you wouldn't have. You're too young. To the to, other, to the watch others the of us here. Show. Yeah, yeah. So there used to be this little this house show. on the prairie. Ah, oh, you know of? I, have I, you no, watched? I've seen, it. I've seen it before, not like a lot. But that used I've to seen, be my favorite. I've when seen I was a couple a girl. episodes. It's like classic moral American it was so Christian TV. Good. No, go to church. <laughs> this little white church. Hey, Laura was my favorite, wasn't she? She was just so good. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I won't go down that track. But on the prairies, so when the rain or, or melted snow actually runs downstream, what tends to happen? It runs then into the creeks, it actually runs into the rivers and then into the sea. So what they're wanting to do here is get that trapped because here's the thing, when the beavers actually make the dams, the water actually hangs around in the environment and actually enriches not only the soil and the nutrients in the soil and stuff and gives more moisture to the trees, but it actually enhances, of course, and re- um, um, 
bird life, plant life, um, the insects, the frogs, you know, all of those range of things. So what they're saying is, hey, we need to actually get back to having these beaver dams built and they're trying to actually locate where they're doing it and how mm. that's working and they're assessing it and it's having great um you know great impact uh in a really positive way on the ecosystem isn't it just mm. a fantastic thing and i think again looking at how god's created animals mm. to do different things in a space yeah. that's so important well it's it's awesome to see like so for these beavers they have this natural sense of their own protection which is the reason why they build mm. dams is because they they dam off a certain part of the river that's right which then they build a little lodge in which protects them from predators and whatnot yes and so, it does and it also well. gives like it hosts other animals that aren't a threat to the beavers you know they all live there in harmony yeah, in, in protection harmony. from Absolutely. these other predators and so it's amazing to see it's like oh if we can enable that you know more diverse ecosystems let people die you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different Lawson, what is our next quiz question, please? Take it away. Next quiz question. This one is a multiple choice. What happened to the seeds oh. which fell among the thorns? Did it A, or did they, A, the birds came and devoured them, B, after they grew up, they were scorched, C, they produced grain, or D, as they grew up, thorns choked them? Again, that question was, what happened to the seeds which fell among the thorns? A, the birds came and devoured them, B, after they grew up, they were scorched. C, they produced grain. Or D, as they grew up, the thorns choked them. You know what? Shell is really being lenient on you guys this morning. She is... (laughs) She is going incredibly easy. We want some some entries for our quiz for this prize. Again, that number is 0491-064-669. Our prize for this week is the amazing. We have the great prophetic books of Daniel and Revelation, the Bible study journal that you can work your way through, the amazing prophecies of those books, and then a KJV Bible with Mark Finley study help as well. So you can be your own theologian and you can be your own Bible teacher. Oh, I like that. That's but it, nicely said. Absolutely. Hey, I sometimes I say nice. <laughs> things you know that's why i work on you radio. do and i always pick them up i pick up on yeah. them and bounce off and you. i love that you you know you praise me for that and now i'm more I know, confident you like to try yeah, yeah. you know more stuff so thank you so much Danuta. but again those options were a did the birds come and devour them b uh, after they grew up they were scorched d they produced grain or sorry c they produced grain or d uh, as they grew up, the thorns choked them. What happened to those seeds which fell among the thorns? Hey, that's such a good parable. And, you know, when I lived in England, mm-hmm. um, you know, several, quite a few years back now, I actually learnt this little song that has all the actions to it, and it was so cool. And it was about... It was so cool. About that? About seeds each, each and, where they, and where they fall yeah, and yeah. how they work. That whole song. I'm going through that. Hey, just a couple of quick text messages before you go into your news segment. Mm. Came through from Greg saying, great to... This was yesterday. We spoke a bit about Burke. I mentioned something where I was with my husband when we used to live out there doing ministry. It says, great to hear of your time in Western New South Wales. Tough place by chance. It was challenged um, by word in... Uh, by chance, I was challenged by the word in Burke, made a decision for the Lord due to an Aboriginal pastor working by giving r- out rock melons. By chance, went wow. back to study at Cornerstone Christian Community in Burke for three years. Wow. So I bless that. That, I remember like, um, 
my husband and I were growing some things in the in the backyard of the church area where we were living. Mm. But I know that Pastor Leo Wright was actually giving out those things. So that's great news, Greg. It would have been Pastor Leo that you got your uh, rockmelon from and just praise the Lord that it challenged you to go back into studying God's Word even more. We've also got a quick one here from Danielle saying, Danielle saying, thank you so much. I received another book yesterday in person, which was a wonderful surprise. Blessing to you all at Faith FM, which oh, is fantastic. Awesome. Isn't it? And we have one one other quick one. Stuart, did you know that beavers keep the Sabbath? There you go. And rest in their houses during Sabbath hours. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. That's fantastic. (laughs) I think I need some more information on that one. But that, how cool is that, Stuart? We wonder where you. They they take a day off. That's so good. Well, so there you go. God designed us all just to work six days, well, five or six days a week, but to (laughs) have that seventh day off. So Mm. take it away with your news, please, Lawson. Okay. A pastor is suing his church, uh, which is, this is a Lutheran church, our saviour Lutheran church in the United States. A pastor is, is suing his church. He's suing the New York Synod of the, of the Lutheran church uh-huh. because he cheated on his wife. Oh, wow. Uh, so, well, you so might he's be... suing... Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Listen, so listen, listen, listen. Listen he's to what I just said. Suing. He is suing That's the church right. because he cheated on his That's wife. That's what I'm saying. It's just like... Uh-huh. Uh, what, what's like, going you know, on there? He's doing okay. the suing. What? What? So, what? essentially, what took place is that in the in the Lutheran church... Now, obviously, the Lutheran church comes out of the traditions... Ma- the, Martin, Luther, Martin Luther. The reformer. The reformer. But there are still, you know, some Catholic practices that mm. exist in Lutheranism and particularly after 500 years of the Protestant Reformation it was and I I believe that this is an unfortunate move by the uh the, by the Lutheran Church to recant after yes. 500 years in in 2017 after the Protestant Reformation they they recanted and they they said no we we no longer hold these points of difference against the Catholic Church and I I was like well that's that's sad because Martin Luther certainly did. And, uh, you know, obviously these guys as Lutherans, but there are still some Catholic practices that exist there. And one of them is the, the confessional. Uh, well, at least a, a certain version a of version, it. Version, I was going to say. It's not, it's exactly not completely the same, the same right. but a version of the confessional. But regardless, uh, this pastor, his name is Anthony Stevens. He works as a pastor. He works as a, as a counselor. He works as a chaplain in the army as well as wow. a Lutheran. So he's, he's doing lots of things. He disclosed to a colleague as a private confession that he had cheated on his wife. Okay. As a pastor. Okay, so he disclosed it. I mean, firstly, he, he shouldn't be cheating on his wife. And second, yep. that's the first key thing. Yep. Secondly, he has disclosed it. And thirdly, somebody's actually let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, well, because like in churches, the, the specific, the explicit policy of the Lutheran church is that you cannot cheat on your wife. Well, like, and- like infidelity is wrong and it's something that is you are able to be kicked out of being a pastor for. Like you Well, absolutely, and not even just as a pastor, and more so as a pastor, but yeah. even um as church members. So, you know, there's the yeah. disfellowshipping and That's stuff right. like that that happens because of course, biblically speaking, God says one wife or one husband, yeah, whichever right. you are. Yeah. Um and you know that morally we stay stay together you yeah. know, infidelity, as, as one with Christ at the center. That's a, that's absolutely right. Infidelity is a sin. You know, this doesn't stop this person or any person 
to be able to seek repentance and to make mm. the right thing. And I, and I think at the same time, seek it's like forgiveness, if, yeah. if someone is, is repenting of their sin and they're wanting to change, it's like one of the best places they can be is actually in church, you know, and, and getting help for that and, and being a part of a support. community that can support them, e- even, e- even though they should also receive consequences for what they've done as well. And so there, there is that balanced approach of, of consequences, but, and love, but also at the same time, consequences loving. This pastor cheats on his wife tells his colleague about it in what he calls a private confession, and his colleague reports it because almost all pastors in all denominations are mandatory reporters, particularly because this person has explicitly breached the policy of the church. Mm. And he's reported him because it's like this person shouldn't be a pastor. Mm-hmm. And now this person who has been reported, this now guy, Anthony Stevens, he's like, that that uh, that confession was private, and I'm suing you. And so he's suing the Whoa. church for $1.5 million. Dollars. Again, because ultimately it all comes back to it's like, man, he could have broken your private confession and disclosed something he wasn't supposed to. You cheated on your wife. Yeah, yeah, he's not taking responsibility like, is he, at and, all. And no less, like, when you were a pastor. That's you know, it. it's like it wasn't before you were a pastor. It wasn't like... like You are acting as a minister and you cheated Mm -hmm. on your wife. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You broke the Ten Commandments. I'm sorry, bro, Mm. but you broke the Ten Commandments. And furthermore, like, and also it's like, okay, you broke the Ten Commandments, but what is, what is the policies of this church? That's right. And, you know, the Lutheran church in the United States, specifically this one, the, the, the synod of this, the synod of this Lutheran church, like they, like they, in, in my, from my view and my estimation in my eyes and in, in compared to what the Bible says as well, there's some points where they're not a hundred percent accurate on, particularly that they ordain same sex ministers. And I'm like, I, I don't agree with that. I don't think the Bible gives room for that. But again, it's like, according to their policy, it's like, if you commit infidelity, mm. you cannot be a pastor. Yeah. That's what you signed up That's for. Right. Not only it is, is it, not only is it a sin before God, not mm. only is it morally wrong, but it's like, hey, you shouldn't be a pastor. And yet the, this uh, person is, yeah. I am just, I am just baffled that, Absolutely. that someone can be so self-serving and, and so like, and again, he admitted it. It's not like yeah. the, the case isn't over defamation as to whether he did it. It's like the fact that he was, that he was fired for his, his position. It's just, and here's the key, it's just whack. and the key thing, what we've got to remember, God and we as, as Christians love the, love the person, but not the sin, mm. you know, but there's consequences in this yeah. kind of situation yeah. for the kind of behavior that has happened. Hey, let us know what you guys think. 0491-064-669. That's our number. You know, how do you, what, 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 what rights do you think this pastor has? Does he, do you think he should proceed with this court case or, or not like I do? But hey, let us know. 0491-064-669. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Hey, thank you for our next quiz question, please. Yeah, here awesome. we go. This is a fill in the blanks. All right. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former blank faithfully, and he will cause the blank to come down for you, the former blank and the latter blank 
in the first month. That's Joel chapter 2 and verse 23. Just how now, many blanks are there? Now, the clue is, is that all of these blanks are the same word. Oh, there you go. So here we go. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former blank faithfully, and he will cause the blank to come down for you, the former blank and the latter blank in the first month. That's Joel chapter 2 and verse 23. If you know the answer to that one, 0491-064-669. Of course, if you answer correctly, you'll go into the draw to win our amazing prizes, the great prophetic books of Daniel and Revelation, Bible study journal, journal and... The KJV Bible with Mark Finley study helps. That's right. Hey, really great books. And uh, yeah, there were four blanks, all with the same words. So text mm. us in on 0491-064-669. Hey, right now we have our interview with Rod Bailey. Hello, Rod, are you there? Yes, good morning. Hello. Good morning to you and welcome back. Um, Thank you. Yeah, hey, yeah. Can, can I maybe add another clue to your quiz? Yes. Yes. Nearly every farmer in New South Wales Needs is it. looking for that blank. <laughs> yes, of course. And, and and Rod, and I'll add to that, and definitely the farmers, but, you know, I was looking at our place yesterday too, um, and I just thought we need the blank um, very much, even in our yard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, we need to start giving away clues, all right? This is, this is, okay. It's getting right. too easy Sorry. for the people. No, 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 that's all, that's all good because we do want people texting in and heaps of them, so they will now because <laughs> they know what to go with that answer in, in its own way. Mm. But, hey, Rod, today we're talking about nutrient density and how to improve your nutrient levels in the gardens, which is really important because things, of course, are sprouting up a heap a lot at the moment and it's that time where people have started planting already or about to plant. So, um, mm. yeah, give us some of your information in this space um, because, of course, soil the soil has got the biggest part in many ways for the plants growing well, hasn't it? It's so true. You know, we, my team and I planted about 500 tomato plants yesterday. Oh, wow. In order for those tomatoes to be truly a blessing to our, ourselves and to our customers, uh, they need to be packed with nutrients. Mm. So... Um, all right, let's de- define what, what's nutrient density. You know, that refers to basically the amount of nutrients in a food or a crop. And the amount of nutrients, as you say, have obvious to our health and well-being. Now, oh, the conventional assumption is that all carrots or all milk, etc., for example, are the same nutritionally, right? Mm-hmm. But But your own experience with your own nose and your tongue tells you that that's not true because it's the nutrient compounds in the food that you are detecting Mm. through your nose or your tongue that give veggies or fruit those rich tastes and odors that we love. So, Mm. you know, beyond just loving the taste of food, I believe one reason God gave us these senses is so that we can discern between foods of low and high densities of nutrients. Yeah. Mm. So, it's, it's not just subjective, though, because nutrient density can be measured in a laboratory. And um, I've been following the work of the Bionutrient Institute, mm-hmm. a, which is a global collection of scientists and technicians and engineers and farmers who are working towards a goal to define nutrient density. And that's kind of how new this science is, right? Mm-hmm. But for the last four, three years or so, their lab has shown conclusively conclusively that all foods of a similar type, say carrots, 
do not have the same amount of nutrients. And in fact, one carrot can have far more nutrients than another carrot from another farm. Mm. Mm. And they're starting to work out why that is. Yeah. Mm. And that's. And why is it? Okay, so it's a combination of things. Um, one, how the crop is grown, so the, the, the management techniques of the farmer. Secondly, the soil that it's grown in. Thirdly, the variety, like some varieties of tomatoes have more nutrients in them than others. Uh, another one is the microbiome of the soil, so all those microscopic critters in the soil and even the weather conditions um, that the, the crop experiences during its lifetime can have can cause it to have higher or lower um, amounts of nutrients in it mm. so it, the, the wind even affects it in its own way yeah, and the amount of rain, the amount of solar radiation they get, mm. et cetera, et cetera. You know, mm. crops that are really struggling mm-hmm. can can sometimes struggle for nutrient density. But, you know, one thing that really surprised me was their comparison of organically certified crops with conventionally grown crops. Mm. So what would you expect between organic certified and conventionally grown crops? Which would you expect? to have the highest nutrient density. The organically certified. Yeah, and I, I think most of us or many of us do, but the Bionutrient Institute's results show that some organic crops have higher levels of nutrient density and some have low. Oh, is that right? And how do they measure yeah. that? Well, well, they actually take take the crops into a lab and, and put it through a bioassay and um, use spectrometers and all sorts of things to determine how much nutrients there are in each crop. Mm-hmm. And, and, but this makes sense because where do nutrients in our, in our veggies or our fruit or our grains come from? Oh, well, from the soil. I mean, the- right. You, you're right. So these, these nutrients are synthesized by the plant out of the raw materials that are available to them. Yes. And, and raw materials come either out of the soil or out of the air or out of the water that they're, they're irrigated with. So if these raw materials aren't available to the plant mm-hmm. or if they're only available in suboptimal amounts, mm-hmm. the, the plant may be able to grow, but the nutrients in the finished product, like a carrot or a cob of corn or, you know, after an Angus steer has eaten grass and given up his life for you, a steak on your plate, mm-hmm. the nutrient levels in your food will be suboptimal, the same as they are in the soil. Mm. Yeah, that, that that makes total sense, doesn't it? Really, because yeah. that yeah, that's where it's all the root the roots are, and then that that goes all the way up into in through to the plant, and then and then the actual food product itself. Exactly. So the soil that crops are grown in, you know, that provides a lot of the raw materials, is super important. Mm. As is. As is, as I mentioned, the, the microbiome. So all those organisms in the soil that have those crazily complicated relationships with plant roots. Remember a couple of months ago, we talked about the rhizophagy cycle mm-hmm. um, with the bacteria. Well, these, these microorganisms are actually making the nutrients available to the plants and thus increasing the nutrient density of our veggies. Wow, that, that's amazing, isn't it? And so yeah. I, I have a, I have an interesting question for you here, Rod, um, and yeah. I hope you're sitting down for this one because it will sound a bit 
funny in its own way. <laughs> but anyway, my, our, we had, I grew up with a massive veggie patch in our backyard. So my mum was massive with green fingers. So I've continued to having, you know, veggies in our yard as well, um, these days. But the thing is that, she was, and our, our stuff was high, I feel like nutrient high because everything had so much flavor, you know, the lettuce, the parsley, the tomatoes, all of those things. But she was a huge fan. This comes from the Poland days and, of course, doing it here then in Australia. She was a huge fan of cow manure. Mm. Yep. And so um, it was not unusual. I still remember an incident where, like, you know, a, a situation where my sister and I, um, you know, we, we went, Driving in the hills, mum said, we've got to take some buckets and we're just like, what for? She said, we need the cow manure and like, mum, we're not putting cow manure in the car. But we, so she insisted and we took these buckets and she spotted a place. Um, and we, she actually went and knocked on the door and it was on the hill, but my sister said, I'm not going over, but you know, I was the regular one that helped mum collect, you know, cow manure. And I kid you not, we were doing this and then, Halfway through, a, a, a bull started running towards us, and we had to run out with this bucket of cow manure back down to the car. But that was our regular store. It was cow manure, and when we lived out Burke and in Burke, I said to my husband, part of his job description as being a pastor is that he needs to take me onto the farms to get cow manure as well to grow our veggies. So, what what does cow manure actually do in that space? Oh, look, cow manure is, is a fantastic fertiliser for our crops. It's, it's very high in organic matter, which is very important for that microbiome, but also it's, it's already uh, living in the sense that it's full of bacteria and other microorganisms right. uh, that, uh, you know, are already at work breaking down those complex carbohydrates that the cows ate and, you know, it's gone through their digestive system and it's come out and it's a very mild, you know, chook manure is very high in, in nitrogen and it's, it can be quite harsh on, on, um, on plants. Right. But it's composted, but cow manure is just fantastic, mild, and it's got a wide range of nutrients, obviously coming from the, the plants that the cow ate and it's, it's pre-digested and it's full of, full of organic matter, you know, the fiber, you can see that and it's full of the microorganisms. So it's, it's a fantastic thing to use wow. in your garden. Wow. Mm. That's fantastic to hear. You, hey, we have, can, sorry, go on. I was going to say, you can also use compost and organic yep. mulch and you can cover crop and all those sorts of things. But the key is to make a, a very happy environment for all those microscopic crickers, critters. And we are the beneficiaries in higher-density food. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's great to hear. Hey, we have a question here that's just come through as well. Um, Johanna yep. asks, um, does it make a difference if crops are grown under the sun in comparison to grown by special lighting? I was watching a video on YouTube on how lettuce is grown in a South Korean warehouse, and while it looks cleaner and would have, wouldn't have any bugs or be impacted by weather, it just seemed so artificial. What are your comments <laughs> on that one, please? Well, that's that's a fantastic observation. Um, probably, look, I, I I can't comment specifically about the lighting. My gut feeling is that the sun that God created in conjunction to work in association with our plants to produce the nutrients that we eat, I, I believe there's something there that LED technology can probably not match. Mm -hmm. But what what I can say is that that um. Plants grown in that environment, um, the the nutrients that are provided by plants are produced are, are provided by a computer controlled 
um, uh, system that produces that that provides them in a in a hydroponic sense. So mm-hmm. the fertilizers are, are synthet- synthetic fertilizers that are provided through water. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so they don't the, the the plants don't get that rich range. Yes. Of, and, and there's no microbiology remedi- um, mediation there. Okay, so the plants are just purely—it's a—it's a chemical reaction as opposed to a rich organic uh, plant interaction with the microbiome. So, um, I—I don't have the data on the specific nutrient densities of that, but I can certainly agree that that's a very artificial way to produce foods for human beings. Mm. And also you don't get the natural rain, which my mum would always literally drop everything in the house if she knew the rain was coming, go out and get the gardening ready and like, you know, get and, and even be part, part into rain, the rain just to plant everything um, to get uh, those uh, nutrients from the rain. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, that's exactly right. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, one thing the bike, uh, just like to mention two more things because yep. I know time to do it. Um, one c- very cool thing the Bi- Tra- Bionutrient Institute, and if anyone wants to check this out, it's, oh, uh, what's the website? I think it's Bionutrient, or oh, just Google Bionutrient Institute, you'll find it. But mm-hmm. one thing they're working on is a handheld device, which is essentially a nutrient laboratory that you can take to your supermarket on your weekly shop and test the nutrient levels in your food. Wow. So what was that bionutrient? What do we look up? Bionutrient? Bionutrient Institute. Institute. Okay. Okay, So so this is, it's currently calibrated for eight different crops and it's counting. And this, I believe, is an insane development in human health and nutrition. And I can't wait till we all have one because then we're all going to go to the shop. We're going to get the healthier food. We're all going to be healthier. Those growers that invest in nutrient density of their crops will be rewarded. Mm, yeah. Beautiful. That's fantastic stuff. Yeah. Before I go, I can't, I can't miss the opportunity to say something else about, else about nutrient density, and that is a species of madness that Western culture is caught up in, and that is that often and purposefully, we choose low density nutrient density food and we're happy to pay for it. Mm. Think about the the thousands and millions of tons of white bread, nutrient poor bread that we buy every year. Yeah. So you know, typically the, most of the fiber's gone, most of the vitamin E's gone, the unsaturated fatty acids, calcium, iron, magnesium, B, B vitamins, you know. All those sorts of things. Most of that's lost when when the grain is refined. And then, after manufacturers do that, they add a few of these nutrients back and have the hide to call it enriched. Mm, Yes. Wow. Right. Yeah. What a concern, eh? This is the same case for white rice, white pasta, and other Mm. highly refined foods. You know. Mm -hmm. So much better for us to choose the whole food. And don't get me started on fast food. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. would join you on that one too. <laughs> anyway, my, my, my tip for today regarding nutrient density is grow as much of your own food as you can. Yep. Invest in your soil. Improve the nutrient in your soil and the microbiome in your soil. 
and eat it fresh. I love that. And mm. I love that. Three simple, easy t- tips to follow. So thank you so much, Rod. We really appreciate um, what you've shared today. Um, and we look forward to our next time when you're back on our show again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.